If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity Blah. The Blubbity Blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity Blah. Good vibes. Blubbity Blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. Coming at you this week with Toby Grant a little bit later. Gant, Gant. Gant. Damn it, I forgot again. (laughs) I can't help it. Of course, coming at you this week with uh, from the same room for the first time in a while. Yeah, just happened to be by and visiting and helping you do some painting and I'm going to be heading back home tomorrow, but I'm sitting the opposite way in the studio. And we're, I think we're, I think we're using Elon's Wi-Fi, and the Wi-Fi is there's a bit of a delay. So it's going like all the way up to the side and back probably. And we're sitting in the same room, but I mean, I guess this is how we got to do it. We record in StreamYard now and that's how we do it. If, we had if we're together. Mic. If we had another mic, we could pull it off. Yeah. Another, another proper mic. It's all sound a little different. I'm on the Yeti, just connected to my laptop. So, on opposite sides of a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a place you got here. I have the uh, big footprint up. Oh, I didn't that notice Jeff, it. I don't know if Justin's a man overboard or not, but. Uh, oh yeah, he's overboard. The big footprints there that he gave us years and years and years ago. And there's the can of spam that expired in 2018. Wow. That's been a long time. It's the last can we ate. I thought those things didn't, ex- I don't think, the, I think the, I thought they were good for like bunkers and stuff. They didn't expire. Well, Oliver says that as long as the can's not like uh, bloated, you know? Like yeah. uh, those little rings on top, if those are pushed out or if it's swollen, then uh, it's probably no good. Or if it's dented, you should probably stay away. But other than that, good for a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, I probably will. Nothing can live in there, I guess. Right? That's the theory. Yeah, that's all sealed up, yeah. Yeah. And if it did, it would create gas, which would then pop. Which would blow it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that theory. I'll stick with it. So, yeah, we just had had the amazing opportunity to stay at this Half Moon Haven uh which would be perfect for one of our contact at the cabin. So it was on the Sunshine Coast in Canada. I'm just heading back to uh, to home to Saskatchewan. Was that like an ironic name? Half Moon? 
No, Sunshine Coast. Well, you know what? I think it is. It's like the cloudiest place in the world. You know how dark it is there? It's crazy how dark it is. It's very strange because you're in these, the, 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 you're on the coast in the sort of these valleys and the hills and the woods and the, the, uh, the clouds are in. So there's all, it's overcast and it gets dark at like four or five and it's dark. You can never realize like one of the ladies there that we met that owns a store there, she was like, Whistler's bright. Like she used to live in Whistler and Whistler's bright because it's always got snow. There's that much of a difference, but because this one doesn't really snow, it's just rainy and dreary and dark, but it's still a beautiful place. Beautiful coast. I went swimming in the ocean, Darren. I'm not afraid to go swimming in the ocean like some people. And we call them at the ocean? The cold plunging in the ocean? What do you mean? Well, it's like the space mean, between the it's like a, I mean, dude, those islands are so tight together up at the It's north. not an island. It's the It's a coast. I know. It's, it's not an island. You just have to take a ferry there, but it's the it's, mainland. It's like, a little, it's like a little bay of the ocean. But I get it. No, we. You, you can see all the way out. I could see, like, you know, Russia if I if I could, you know. No, no, past Vancouver Island. You're on Vancouver Island? Maybe Vancouver Island is blocking <laughs> the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> but that's still probably more than I would do. Oh, it was cold though. It was freezing cold. Like it was almost. Was yeah. sharks? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not worried about that. Like some people. I'm good, man. Well, so there was like steam, steam room, hot tub. Like it would be the perfect a yurt, like a huge yurt. Um, I will do cold plunge depths. A sauna. It's got a cold plunge there too. I mean, it's like the perfect place to do an event. I'll do like, you know, up to the depth I need to go to do a cold plunge. I could do that. I'm just not going like paddling around on a surfboard like a doofus looking like a seal, man. I'm good. I ain't going down to a fish. Yeah, caught some crab. Crab crab trap right off the dock. I mean, it's it's a pretty cool place. place. Yeah. Did you do did you eat the easier than you think? (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. No. I caught crabs in Vancouver. <laughs> uh, what'd you do? Just throw them back? No, no, no. It's just they kept them. Or the, this guy in the dock gave us a couple, actually. And you didn't eat them? No, not yet. No, that was right before I came back. So, Did your sister eat them? They will, probably, yeah. Are they soft shell? Dungeon ass. Well, I think those are the ones you just eat them whole, right? Just eat the whole fucking no. crab. No, no. You have to clean it and break it off. It's the crab legs. There's barely any meat in the middle. But they got to yeah. be like six inches, I guess, six inches to get to keep them. That sounds like white people stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. The snow crabs, too, it's a lot of work for it. It's not a lot of bang for your buck. I mean, here's the thing. If I was catching those things and not paying by the price, if you get unlimited crab feast. With no, you're four, it's four. You're limited to four. Yeah. That still sounds like more white people's. But I mean, like, if you get down to, like, a Chinese restaurant or something and you get the all-you-can-eat snow crab or If snow crab's not all you eat, all-you-can-eat is really not economical. And it's still, like, a lot of work for not a lot of meat. True. But you know what? This guy showed us a way to, uh, the guy we were with showed us a way, 
Shout out to Gord. I doubt he's listening, but he showed us a way where you grab all the, the claws of the crab back and then you just bang his eyes like really hard on a rock, basically, and it knocks his head and his, the back, the the shell right off like in one thing. And then you just rinse them out. Like it takes away all the guts right away and then just rinse it off. It's done. Did you, do, did you try? No. no. You feel like you could repeat it? It's yeah. In a survival right. situation? Yeah, in a survival <laughs> Yeah. Is the water pretty clean up there? Not like all Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty clean, clean, yeah. It's pretty gorgeous, really, up there. Yeah. You'd like it. My buddy Kim, shout out to Kim. Uh, He's way up in Kitimat. Looks like it's cool as fuck up there, dude. Like where the ocean comes away inland. That's the kind of ocean I can get into. Probably not going to bump into a shark there. You know what I mean? Yeah. What kind of fish you're catching? I could I could get into it. You know, I like the planes. I mean, I'm I really do like the planes. Um, but I could get into it. I don't know if I could deal with the rain and the cloudy. It's sunny here all the time, you know, like Oh, it really is a big difference, yeah. It's gotta be weird going back. You must have missed the sun. Was it sunny Yeah, a little today? bit, yeah. Yeah. Was it sunny today? I don't know. Was it? I can't remember. Hmm. I don't think it was. It was Chinooky, which is usually sun right in the beginning and right at the end. The sunrises have been great lately. It's the best time of year for sunrises. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's three days till the solstice. Yeah, I know. The sun in in the little town I'm in, the sun barely goes over the houses. Like it just goes up. It it basically basically comes up at like nine o'clock, barely goes over the houses. Like it's sunny for maybe a couple hours from like 12 to two or two to two to three, three, one to three. And then it just goes down behind the houses. We're almost around the bend. Yeah. I mean, we're like four or five days away from getting longer, longer, longer. Christmas plans? Just the family stuff. Small, small gathering of the family. We've had some, some, we've had some tough, uh, tough goes here. There's another, another young person I know has, has passed away. I'm not sure how, whether it was ODs or what, but it was suddenly anyways. um, So this is like three or four, like close members have died that I've known. So, it's been a little tough on the girlfriend and I lately. Lots of funerals and weddings. Man, that sucks. Yeah. So Christmas I'll, is going to be, I think Christmas is going to be tough because of that. He probably would have been there for whether it's on Christmas. So. Then first Christmas without, uh, the pop too, right? Yep. For, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that uh, that sucks, man. I wish I could be there for you. If you're closer, I'd invite you over. Yeah, no, it's, it'll be it'll be okay. It'll be good. I have the in-laws and the outlaws both coming over for Christmas dinner. So, oh, nice. And I kind of had a Christmas with my my sister and my mom and and her boyfriend, my mom, my sister's boyfriend on the island. So he made us an awesome turkey dinner. So I did have like a little sort of mini family Christmas as well while I was out there. Well, there you go. That's not so bad. This, I guess, we're not coming out with. Are we coming out with an episode on Christmas? 
Yeah, well, this would be when? No, when's Christmas? Monday? Oh, Monday. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you want to do with that? Well, I just on the way down the stairs, I promised the wife that I would not work on Christmas. Okay, well, we'll put it on Boxing Day, maybe. Boxing then? Day, or, yeah. yeah, Boxing Day sale. You could uh, support half of what it normally would. Yeah, <laughs> don't do that if you're already supporting. You know, if you're not, support like a buck instead of two bucks. And we'll be twice as two dollars happy instead of one. What about Outlawed? We'll probably have an Outlawed coming out this week, like Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then another one on the weekend before Christmas, and then another one just after Boxing Wednesday, Day as well. Saturday, Wednesday, I think. Yeah. yeah. Outlawed should be uninterrupted. Yeah. That should just roll right along. What about the Fandango? We had a couple people asking for you to do a Fandango. Yeah, I know. I just, we don't have enough time to plan it, I don't think. It'd be pretty tough to to put together with the, both of us moving yeah. a lot of moving parts. So next year, though, next year. Yeah, maybe we'll do next year. So, uh, yeah, we got, uh, you went to BC, you're back. You're going back to Saskatchewan. Is it all snowy and cold up there? I don't know. I don't think it's too bad. It's been a pretty mild winter so far. I mean, at least not a lot of snow. But last year was crazy for snow there. So maybe it's just one of those cycles that kind of evens it out after a while, you know? If this is global warming, I could take it. I mean, I could use some snow. I'd like to see if I'm ready for some snow. But that's just because we need the water, you know? If they could promise me a bunch of rain in the spring, I could just shut the fuck up and it could stay warm. Yeah. But Alberta needs some water in some capacity. I don't know how, but somehow. So you got the tour of Grand America Acres. Yeah. America Acres. Huh. Yep. You are, you are an amazing, you manifest an amazing place here. I tell you, it is beautiful. It's the hideout. It's the yeah. hideout. There's a shotgun right beside you, too. I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me I'm not trained how to use that. It's uh, trained. I mean, it's like a pelican, just louder. <laughs> um, you know, so under Alberta law, because I'm rural now, I'm allowed to have a unlocked fire. Eight? No, a, a. Oh, one. Oh. The predator. So, what do you, do you have to pick? Do you have to pick your uh, pick predator control, like animals or people? Predators. Well, I can. I'm sure they mean mean like coyotes and wolves. Wow. So what do you do? You have to pick what. So what do you have to pick which gun then? Because you now have an obsession with guns. So you got lots. Obsession. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> An obsession. Well, you you you're the one that admitted that or said it recently. So, well, yeah, I just invest. I just think it's a good investment. It's a better investment than oh, money yeah. in the bank. Yeah. Especially the more they get banned, dude. I could sell my handguns for fucking ten grand right now. Uh well, it's got to be the two, two, three, right? Good predator round, environment round, coyote round. Have you won't shoot a coyote good. though. Man. Happens to be pretty effective against humans, though. Um, 
Well, didn't you say there's a bit of a trickster thing to that? You don't really want to like play around with that stuff. I would rather not shoot a coyote, but I will shoot a coyote if uh, if he's you messing know, up your like, cats. Up with my chickens or my cats. You know, I can't see him messing with the horses. Or, I mean, someone said they took down a deer. Three coyotes took down a deer. I don't even think I care about that. That could, that's just fine. Just stay away from my shit. You know what I mean? If you come around my shit, I'm going to have to shoot you. Like, I think there's already a fox fucking around the chicken coop. It's pretty secure chicken coop, and it's inside another secure thing. But foxes are foxy, man. You know, that's. Oh, they're smart. They're wise. Yeah, they're wise. So I might have to shoot that. But, you know, it's fine. I could just, like, just hang out and shoot it out my window. So I might try and snare that first. Nice little pelt. Make a little hat. I'll make you a nice fox hat. Little Davy Crockett hat. For your 60th. 55th. Not even, dude. I'm still young. (laughs) Forever young. So what do you got? Uh, well, I mean, I've got a, a bio for Toby and I got a link in the show notes for half moon Haven and in case people want to check it out for group stuff. I mean, there's a huge like yurt on the property. It would be perfect for like Brandon Powell drumming and stuff. We'll have to do like a coastal one one day. And then we got to talk about this eclipse thing. We have a great uh, event Dude, coming we could up. We do heroin on the island. We could do heroin there. What do you mean? Wasn't it all legal? Did you check see any of that? How did you see? It was like, because like you must have went. Did you go right through Vancouver? Like legal drugs, blah blah. blah yeah, I should have. I was driving around Vancouver for a couple of days. I should have actually checked it out. You're in the clean areas. Yeah. No, no, not no. I wasn't. I was all over the place. But I've lost you suddenly, completely. What audio was? Yeah, and video. Oh boy. Oh boy. So grounds back. Give why don't you give us that bio? The eclipse, so we should talk about that quick. Yeah. Contact at the cabin.com. We get the link to the eclipse. We're gonna be having a little music festival, eclipse festival, April sixth to ninth. Seventh to ninth. Uh, six to ninth. So live live music by Fifty Dollar Dynasty, Henry and the Invisibles, Mostly Dead, Sucker Please, and more bands. And then, of course, guest speakers for live presentations by Dave Matheson, Ben from Uncharted X, Russ Allen, and Luke Caverns. I mean, it's gonna be fantastic. There'll be food trucks, kid zone, bar entertainment, camping, toilet trailers. Kids only bar. No, kid zone. And the oh, that makes more sense. Camping is primitive, but there will be electricity at the venue. But you can check that all out at camp, contact at the cabin.com. Yeah, it's going to be dope for sure. This is for like full, full, full eclipse, right? Total eclipse of the heart. Fart. Total eclipse of the heart. Just like that song. Uh, it's going to be a time, guys. I'm telling you, get a ticket. It's going to be a hell of a time. The last total eclipse for a long time. Probably your lifetime, probably my lifetime, but we're going to all do it down together with some of the coolest people you ever meet. 
with the price of admission right there. You don't have to worry. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to go here, go there. Settle into your campsite. Wake up in the morning. Watch an eclipse. Then decide when you want to go home. Do you want to stay another day? Do you want to leave right now? It's up to you. Check it out. Contact at thecabin.com. While you're on the internet, support the show, guys. We really can't do this without your support. It's uh, Christmas. You know, Merry Christmas us. I'm going to play Merry Christmas at the end of this episode. Uh, it's that time of year. But support the show if you like it. If you're getting some value from our podcast, we're trying to do all these interviews and add some little value, a little bit of value to your day, to your commute, to your car ride, whatever you're doing. We're trying to make it a little better, trying to make you laugh, trying to make you cry, trying to make you learn. And if you're getting any of that from the show, slash support today, sign up for a monthly or make a one-time donation. And we will be forever grateful. Uh, you got a bio? For Toby yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have uh, new audiobooks out too? I thought we had a couple new audiobooks. Oh no, maybe we don't. Those are old ones that are now out again. On uh, yeah, so yeah, but well, check out the master key system. Yeah, yeah, that one. I think we've talked about that one on here. But Good anyways, yeah, we do have we do have new audiobooks coming out all the time on Adult Brain audiobooks. So that's AdultBrain.ca. AdultBrain.ca, and we have the roundups. Everyone's been loving the roundups. Um, and getting a ton of good feedback on those. Some people say they like those even more than the interviews. So if you haven't checked those out yet, it's kind of a new thing. Graham and I haven't tried before. If you're an intro person, you really might like the roundups. Uh, it's kind of like an intro with a little more purpose, a little more direction, and uh, maybe a little less. A little more controversy. A little more controversy. Definitely that. Well, we used to get, well, it depends, I guess. Sometimes when people take the UFO stuff and they get all fucking bent out of whack. Wow, really? Well, not really. You know what I mean. Yeah. Did Corey Good turn out to be a fraud? I don't know. That's it wouldn't one. surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, but I'm not sure. And I'm sure people said that right from the start, but there was a bunch of people that were sort of all in with him. He seemed... Genuine to a lot of people. All right. Have you got a bio? Why would you ask that? Did, did you hear about that? Yeah, it just came up recently. I can't remember where. Yeah, it was just recently. I can't remember. Maybe in the chats? Yeah, maybe. One of the chats? I mean, now there's so many chats. I guess just the two. Might as well tell them what they are. There's a telegram chat. And uh, oh, how's the telegram work? Telegram.me. I got a, there's a link in the show notes, but I can find it t.me.grimerica. Yeah, that's right. That sounds good, right? Check that out too. And uh, spam grab. Nobody spams grab anymore. Send them some nudes. And uh, maybe some books over cash. Whatever. Most of all, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. We couldn't do without you. Another year's our our 10th Christmas together. So here's going into our almost be four months, five months, or 11 years. So I think that's all. All right. 
here's Toby's. Uh, so he's got a master's of education and counseling and human development, certified holistic life coach, yoga teacher, soul coach. He focuses on the whole person, believing that a healthy body and balanced emotions open the pathway for living with deep purpose and fulfillment. So this is a quote from his, his, his bio. I believe we are all powerfully intuitive. Sometimes we need a little help to kickstart our intuition and learn to trust it. I also believe that when you take your perceptions of God out of the box, you unlimit yourself. To kickstart your intuition and your family healing journey, go to shekholistic.com slash life dash path dash session. And actually there's a there's a Grimerica code, Grimerica twenty five for twenty five percent off. Ooh, there you have it, guys. Grimerica twenty five. Grimerica twenty four, Trump twenty four. Ooh. That's controversial, but I'll even go there. I think I'll probably win though. I mean, it just seems to be gaining steam. Was it it was on the show that I predicted last time. This year doesn't seem like it'd be as much of a prediction though. You know, Kennedy's out though. He's got to be. Huh? I don't know. They, they're just. Not, I don't know. They're not going to let him. Probably the album. They're not going to mm -hmm. let either of those two guys happen, or Vivek. They 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 can't. You don't think Vivek's just Trump's buddy? No, no, they no. He's he's legit. I think. I like him. He's too, uh, I mean, Vivek, no, he's way too Indian. That's just not happening. I'm not saying, like, I'm not racist, but, you know, your average voter is just too Indian. Like, like Michelle, Michelle, Michael Obama's too black. Anyway, enjoy the chat, guys. Enjoy the chat, Toby. It's a good one. It's a good one. Toby Gant, thanks for joining us on Grand America. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. Good. And thanks for coming on last minute. This will be fantastic. Go with the flow. Yeah. So you're on the big island of Hawaii. We were just talking about, I think we had a guest on a little while back. They, I think he owns a, a small plot of land there and where he was going to do retreats. I'm pretty sure it's the big island because it's, there's not, it's not very populated, right? No. Very, very spiritual. Well. Oh yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah, a good place for a retreat. How long? How long are you there for on on the island? I've been here a little over two weeks. I got to go home Thursday to California. Yeah, yeah. city. So not are looking forward. Yeah, I've been here four times this year. Um, oh I, wow! This 
this is my soul home. Like it calls me back like a magnet, just pulls me again and again, gives me my recharge. You do, do you do like mushroom ceremonies there all the time, or is this just a, sp- a specific time where you're going to do that? No, only when it calls to me. It's not a major focus of my work, um, more for personal experience or to share with friends. Yeah. 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 So, so what do you, what is your work then? You do, are you a, you're a soul coach, right? That's right. Yeah. So I did my graduate school in counseling and human development to be a therapist. And then I thought, I want to be diagnosing people, labeling people with psychological disorders and billing insurance. So I ended up just kind of taking a different route. And eventually, after my own spiritual reawakening in 2012, I kind of found this path and I started using all the skill sets I'd acquired over the years to work with intuition, my own intuition, and help people develop their own, open up that third eye, decalcify that pineal gland, and really go within to find the answers instead of thinking someone else is the expert. Someone else has the answers. I think we're done with that. I think the universe is trying to say, guys, stop looking to someone else to save you. Stop looking to someone else to have the solutions. You are the solution. You are the magic. Quit playing small. What what happened in 2012? We started like Darren started the website Gray America on, on actually it was December it was December 21st 2012 Darren I think. And uh yes, that's we started the podcast up a few months later. That was a pretty big obviously a big step for us. 2012 was really interesting. Um what happened in your reawakening? So I grew up very spiritual, went to a spiritual or a religious college, university, um, and then had a real rough go in my late 20s. Depressed, wanted to die every day for three years, you know, trying to fit in other people's boxes, fit other people's expectations. So long story short, I went into survival mode from about 2004 or five until about 2011. And then at the very beginning of 2012, I found Reiki through like a Groupon (laughs) and the Reiki master introduced me to a yoga teacher, loved it, fell in love with it. I'd already found meditation on my own, but I wasn't practicing. So I kind of got back to it. And then I had an airline credit that I had to use by the end of 2012. And it's like big Island go. And so I came to the big Island of Hawaii and found my soul's home. And I've been coming back here ever since. As often as possible, I took a year and lived here, um, kind of had that midlife crisis in my mid thirties and really reset. It was like the giant reset button for my life. And this Island really helped me hit that reset and take some big risks and leaps of faith that have paid off. Well, I'd say. You, you talk a lot about synchronicities as well. And, uh, and sort of. I don't know the other word that I was going to use for that, but um, can you talk about some of those things that have sort of really made you realize like there's some different reality out there? Heck yeah. So I'm here with a couple of friends or they actually came over from Arizona and my one friend I was telling you about earlier, she came out here this summer and she was telling me she was in a relationship she needed to get out of. And she kept telling me about this guy that would come to her yoga classes she taught. And I'm like, you sure talk about this guy a lot. Are you sure you're in the right relationship? And she, she just kind of would give me that look and kind of shake her head at me, but she ended up coming here. We did a little ceremony and in that ceremony, it was very clear. Hey, 
not only are you supposed to be in a different relationship, but you're actually supposed to become a mom and have a kid. And she was very opposed to that. And when we did the ceremony, I saw it crystal clear. Well, long story short, she told me that she had got that same message independent from me. And the guy she's with now had also got that message. And we all saw a little girl for her. So hadn't happened yet, but they are together now. And I think that little girl is going to be coming probably in the next couple of years. So um, that's really... Oh, man, no pressure, eh? (laughs) 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 But it was really interesting. I took them today up to grandmother and grandfather tree in this virgin, uncut, hidden forest, um, high up, about 4,000 feet elevation, so pretty high, cooler air. And there's these two trees. They're massive, side by side. And when I first found them couple of years ago, I was like, holy cow, that's grandmother tree and that's grandfather tree. And everyone I have taken there since can tell me, yep, that's grandfather, that's grandmother. I always ask, I'm like, okay, tell me which one's grandmother and which one's grandfather. People just know, like they feel it. It's not size difference, it's energy. They can feel it. So just weird, fun, little quirky things like that always get my attention. And I feel like those kind of things get all of our attention. Like when you get that sign or you keep getting the 11, 11 or whatever it is, you're kind of like, all right, all right, paying attention. What do you want me to know? You know? So this is how the supernatural can be used as a tool to, to wake people up kind of like I I've been through recovery too. So some of what you're talking about reminds me of going through recovery because I was like, I was reaching out for something spiritual. Like I didn't realize the the spiritual, there was a spiritual solution to addiction. So when I realized that I had a bit of a spiritual past myself and I was like, Oh my God, like if that's the solution, like I can dive into, into that, you know, and although it was a bit new agey, but it was still very much like, the synchronicity started to happen and starting to meditate, found Reiki as well, that kind of stuff. And it was all that, that stuff that I was kind of hanging on to, like, this is a different world than I thought, you know, like we can sort of, we have a power to, to think positively and manifest a better life, like get out of that sort of rut, you know, unfortunately it takes hitting, hitting bottom sometimes, but, but I mean, it also made me believe in supernatural things as well, in a way, because I had a, I had a, actually speaking of ancestors, because you do a lot of work with ancestors too. So this would kind of apply. My, my dad played a part in my deceased father played a part in my recovery. So my girlfriend at the time was a really unique night. It was like, uh, you know, it was part of our normal me, me being an addiction and her sort of wondering what the fuck's going on. But I was out I was out just to keep the story short. And she prayed to my dad's picture on the mantle. Like there's something wrong with Graham. I don't know what it is. Like if you could help him, whatever. And that's the night, the whole, the whole sham fell apart. Like the whole thing fell apart. I had to surrender that next morning, basically on the couch. You know, she found out sort of everything that I was hiding. And uh, I really do think it was through divine intervention, you know, that my dad somehow played because a whole bunch of things out of character happened that night. Like my whole management system, my whole management system of hiding everything from everybody in my life fell apart that night. Absolutely. These our ancestors are so helpful. Like I didn't ever have any encounters with the supernatural or ancestors, especially ancestors until I was an adult and particularly ancestors, like already in my thirties. Uh, 
the first time I felt an ancestor was the week my grandmother died, um, 2014. So I was kind of into that awakening already. And she had dementia really bad. And I had this crazy intense dream where she came to me very coherent. We had a full on conversation and she said a bunch of stuff to me. And I kind of woke up and thought, I got to write this down. I got to write this down. And lo and behold, I fell asleep and I forgot every word she said. I woke up remembering that I talked to her, but I was so mad that I couldn't remember what she said. I was, I was really mad at myself, kicking myself. But three days later, I went to a yoga class and in the corpse pose at the end, she audibly came and said, Toby, I've had a good life, but it's time for me to go now. I love you. And we called her Mama. I said, Mama, you don't need to stay in that suffering body anymore. Just we love you. We're so grateful for everything you've done. Just go ahead and be free. A couple of days later, she leaves her body and she's come and dreamed since then. She's funny, actually. My grandmother was proper and serious in real life. And in my dreams, she showed up this one time in yoga pants, an 80 sweatband around her head, and she did the splits. That was not her personality, but she was trying to let me know, hey, I'm actually doing pretty well over here. I'm pretty happy and having fun, and I want you to know things are good. So I laughed when I saw that. Um, this island played a role for me with my grandfather. He died when I was three. We called him Papa. He was a rancher and farmer in West Texas. And I remembered him, but not well. And I went and I was doing some garden work here on the island. And I felt him for the first time and I didn't hear anything, but his energy overwhelmed me. And it's like, he was saying, I'm proud of you for getting your hands in the soil and doing something kind of like what I did. And I mean, I was bawling because I could feel him for the first time, but he's come through since many times, especially when I need to forgive a family member or let go of pettiness. And let me tell you, I was so mad at my mom. I didn't speak to her for five years. And my papa was like, he said, grab your pen and some paper and start writing. And I, the words just flowed. He was like, the reason you're so mad at her is because you two are so much alike. You need to get over yourself and quit judging her for judging you. <laughs> and he had me laughing. And uh, it was pretty funny. And yeah, I mean, it's just been amazing having their connection. And then they've kind of been like, hey, help other people feel that connection with their ancestors. Because you can say stuff and maybe it'll help. But if they feel or sense or even like meditate and visualize their loved ones saying what they need to hear. It's going to be more powerful. So how, how do you do that? How do you, do you, do you talk to them? Do you pray to them? Do you, uh, are you just open to listening to them? Like how do you actually make contact? Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a full on medium because I've known some mediums and they full on see the family members and get names and all of that. When I see something, it's, almost always going to be internally. So I close my eyes when I meditate for, for clients or friends, and then I kind of feel it. Um, I'll feel words. I don't hear with these ears, but the words will come through in my heart. Um, I can sense male, female, grandfather, grandmother, um, that sort of thing. I don't get names really, but I can feel like some characteristics. The one time this happened with a client she uh, she had a really bad childhood. Her grandparents raised her. And long story short, she had a session with me that day. We couldn't get Zoom to work for anything. We tried phone calls. They kept dying off on us. 
You know, we tried like a Facebook messenger call. Nothing was working. And we finally got about 90 seconds to talk before the phone died. And I said, I wonder if someone's trying to get your attention. And she said, Toby, my car electronics and my stereo has been going crazy all day. That's never happened before. And then the phone died. So I called her back and we get on the phone and I said, someone wants to say something. We are listening. What do you want to say? And we both meditated. I felt it was for grandparents. She got some messages. I helped her get some messages. And then when it was all done, she said, wait a minute, Toby, what's that noise? Her front door opened and closed by itself on her house. That was it. The message came through, the door opened, closed, they left, they were done. It was was pretty interesting. So how else, like, because I have a hard time imagining how I would would feel that unless it was a direct dream message or like, you know, cause I've had dreams of my dad or my, you know, deceased, uh, ancestors before, I guess. Um, but how else would it, cause it's hard to imagine getting messages if you don't actually get them, you know, like how else, how else do people, people receive that? Like you mentioned that direct download of what you wrote down, like you wrote something down. Um, yeah, I've done that with, I, I remember another client, her mother had died, really tragic circumstances. She thought she might've been murdered. And I went by myself with that one, got my journal, just tuned in and started writing. And her mother was funny. Like I didn't know her mom. I'd never met her, but she was cussing like a sailor, but in a fun way, a jovial way. It was hilarious. And I just said to her, I said, did your mom cuss a lot? Was she funny? And she was like, yeah. She was, and uh, she just kind of had some stuff. She actually kind of said, no, I wasn't really murdered. It was health issues and she had some messages for her, but that sort of thing. But I like to do guided meditation, real simple, basic guided meditation, breathe, belly breath, conscious breath, calm the mind chatter. And then I help people just feel and sense, you know, if someone just gives you permission to not doubt those inner feelings and thoughts and not think they're silly or your imagination. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes. It's like, yeah. well, I guess I have meditated before, or I have felt things before. I just disregarded them. That's yeah. Like, what about that time in e- like when you're doing your meditation and you had that, uh, that thing from Egypt, right? Going down to, into the pyramid and the chambers, you had that message. Like, how did that come to you? That was pretty cool. So, I do a weekly workshop with a group of people online and I was teaching holotropic breathing exercise, which is supposed to kind of release some DMT, not a large amount, but it's supposed to release DMT naturally. That's a pretty intense breathing exercise. So I thought I better try this new breathing exercise out before I teach it to people. So I'm doing this breathing exercise and it's pretty intense and you get lightheaded, a little bit like Wim Hof stuff. And then I, down, close my eyes and I meditate. And it's like, I'm looking down at the Giza pyramid. I don't know which one, but it was a big pyramid in Egypt for sure. I'm looking down and I'm drawn to the pinnacle. And then I zoom down through the sky, enter through the pinnacle and end up in a chamber inside. I don't really see like a mummy or a corpse or anything, but I got this message. It was, I even wrote it down. It was so just poignant. It was The ancient Egyptians focused on taking this life with them into the other side. You, however, are wise to focus on bringing the other side into your 3D life. 
And I was like, okay, all right, I like that. Let's uh, let's bring a little more of that high vibe 3D stuff here and not think it's all about when we die and things being good then. And that's, that's hard because we're the best right now, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, heaven is a place on earth. That's right. Ooh, baby. Don't you know it? <laughs> No, I mean, you've talked about the different types of awakening and, and also having to, like, how do we navigate uh, deception, you know, in this day and age? Because we are living in this fucking crazy world where we have to just not get dragged down with it, right? I think the way you worded, like, I was right, reading some of what you what you wrote to me and the way you worded what I try and describe as, like, not being attached to this negativity, but sort of watching it from a sort of a detached point of view. So you know what, so you're informed, but not, like, attaching your emotions to it and not getting connected to it. Yeah. But you worded it a little better than the way I can describe it. Well, I don't remember exactly wrote, but I feel the energy of it. And that is, and, and I got to tell you, like, I love my podcast. I love finding out what's happening from, you know, alternative media where we can find out a little more truth. But then sometimes it's like, well, it's hopeless. Everything's shot. You know, what do we do? But then, I keep getting that inner voice saying, look, yeah, the world's crazy. It's going to shit, but it's going to shit so it can actually get better. But you're not supposed to focus on what's shitty. Be aware of it, understand it, but put all of your energy and effort and focus into creating the new, creating that new paradigm. You know, Darren, you being more sustainable with food, hunting, like it's amazing, you know, feeding your family off the land. You know, not all the time, but, you know, to a certain extent, you've got a skill set that is about creating a new, more sustainable paradigm. That's huge. Well, it's an old one, really. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's going back to the old ways. Yeah. Um, I think we just got a little, but do you think, uh, here's the question, can like, can 8 billion people do that? Or do we got to like lose half or is there a number? <laughs> I, I get where you're going with that. Here's what I'd say. Good question. I don't have to answer that or do it. Not my fish to fry. I'm tempted to want to like control that answer and say, who are they to play God? I don't have to do that. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of people on the planet that are sheep running headlong into the slaughterhouse. I'd like to stop them. But is my energy best served begging, pleading, screaming, trying, arguing with those people? Or is my energy better served going, all right, that's their journey. That's their choice. I don't like it. But I need to stay focused on creating the new, the beautiful, the positive. Darren, did you, did you mean, did you mean is, is, the, is, the, is the world big enough for everybody to take, take on this new, to create? Is that what you meant, Darren? Well, just to like live like that, you know, hunting or raising your own cattle or taking taking your own food. Because like back, I feel like back when the peasants had to do that shit, they just still had a little more land than, than we have, you know? Like we, most of us are living in a fucking shoebox in the side of a bigger shoebox, you know? Yeah. I don't think everyone's going to go live 
out in nature or have a regenerative farm. It'd be pretty cool. What I do know coming to this island, it's so lush on a very small piece of land, you can raise insane amounts of food. Now in a cold climate, it's tougher, for sure, a lot tougher. But here it's very doable. Um, I met a woman the other day, she has 1.7 acres, not a huge piece of land out in the country. She has 385 cacao trees on that piece of land, plus a house. I didn't know you could fit that many in there. That's pretty cool. You know, she's able to grow a food crop, a large amount of it in a very small piece of land. It's not illegal. Not illegal. Cacao? Cocoa? Coconut? Or chocolate? That's not, not cocoa. Not cocoa. Not cocoa. <laughs> I was going to say, that's super lucrative. I mean, Jesus. Ah, she'd be, she'd be rolling in it then. That'd be real sustained. The big oh. island looks dope. I mean, I was mixed up. I was thinking because we were going to do the event. The original event we were going to do was on on the the main island. I think you know, whichever one everyone lives on. That's is that Huahu? Oh Huahu. yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's we're going to do it there. Oh. But then then we teamed up with. Uh, Oh right, Rome, I can't remember the show. Rome, Rando Rome. cast or what, was it? Was it Rando Rancast? Ro- Roman, Rome, Romy, Romy like Roman. Yeah. And then we were looking at the big island, and our, we have a friend Tommy who's got a place on the big island who's constantly telling us to get out there and check it out. And I think I could just go like hunt sheep too, all over the place. Or not sheep, sorry, but some kind of deer. Right? Isn't that place overrun with some deer? I can shoot. No, Maui. They stock deer. They brought them in. This island's full of wild pig. So, you know, if you're local, you can go pig hunting and, you know. I'm an Indian. Not a local Indian. You know, I like don't like Indian. Make, make some, like the Indians. They'll take you. Just make some friends. They'll take you. I had someone take me fishing the other day. I lost an expensive Did you catch lure. anything? I didn't. I they, they got my bait, got a lot of bites, lost a big lure, but uh, <laughs> I didn't catch anything. But uh, it was pretty rough. The sea was pretty rough, so it was kind of hard. I get sick in that shit. Well, I was on the cliff casting out. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, okay. No, this place is endlessly epic. And I know a place I did my last retreat just up the road. They have a geothermal well, so hot water, natural, straight out of the earth, and soaking tubs. So there's all these outdoor soaking tubs if you have a group. can just soak under the stars and kick back in the hot water. It's pretty epic. Oh, yeah, that would be a good place to do some cold plunging, too, jump in and out of the hot and cold water. Yeah. Eaten by a fucking shark. Man, motherfucker. We. Every every year, people get, someone's going to get eaten by a shark. It happens all the time. Not me. Are you being real? Yeah, yeah, people get eaten here. Um, There's a big fucking happening. I am not interested in getting eaten by a shark. I had like a dream when I was a kid or some sort of fucked up thing. It might have just been from seeing the movie Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like jumped in and I was swimming for the like uh the little blow up raft. And I was like bobbing, you know, and I was swimming with bobbing and I was just like fucking fuck this shit, man. So I don't go in the ocean. I don't mind the lakes and stuff. I'm, pr- I'm a pretty solid swimmer, but I will not go in the ocean. What? I can't see the bottom. It is not fucking happening. I'm not going out like that. Is this a new thing? I don't think I know this about Darren. No, this my, I've never been in the ocean past like my armpits. Whoa. Wow. 
Well, the only beach here, because I've been out in the ocean, like in a boat, fishing, doing that kind of stuff. But I'd like, we all went out and they all went like jumping, snorkeling, and they're like, "Yeah, your turn." I was like, "Not a fucking chance, man! I will be at the bar (laughs) or shark bait, one or the other." I'm not. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like one in a million. Yeah, Leo, zero. It's zero if I'm not in the ocean. So (laughs) my chance is zero in a million. That's right. Don't even go on the boat. Forget it. It's not worth it. it I don't mind the boat. If it's a big enough boat, you know, like even the catamarans too, that have the double hulls so they don't get wavy. But when them little, I thought I'd be fine. I thought I'd be fine. But I went out and I was fucked up, Toby. I was like curled up in a little ball in the front of the boat. And we had paid for this whole like eight hour excursion. And I was like, they gave me lunch and shit. And I was just like, fuck it. I can't fucking eat. man. I was just at the, in the front of the boat, fucking laid the fuck out. Oh man. The first time I went ocean fishing, I was in high school. My dad took me in the Gulf of Mexico. I got sicker than a dog. So sick. And they had a little snack bar on the boat. And the woman who ran it was 95 years old and wore a Dolly Parton wig. Her name was Mib, M-I-B, like men in black. I will always remember. She told me to drink pickle juice, which I hate. She said, it'll make you better. She was salty. I drank that pickle juice and I threw up. But I won the jackpot on the boat that day for catching the biggest fish. And when I caught that fish, it all went away. Like all the nonsense was gone. I was like, yeah, I won. I caught the biggest fish. But yeah, that was pretty fun. But I have to tell you, one time, there's only one beach around here. Most of this coastline is jagged lava cliffs. But there's one little black sand beach, stunningly beautiful, huge waves. So if you know how to get in, me and my friend from South Africa, she was a in the 2008 Olympics, strong woman, terrified of sharks like you. So she made me go with her. We'd go way out there in ocean swim. One day we're way offshore, swimming, 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 and all these dorsal fins pop up around us. And I mean, you know, exactly. I mean, I was like, holy shit, we're going to die right now. And then something made me think there wouldn't be this many sharks. This has to be dolphins. And sure enough, it was dolphins. And it went from, dude, that's just lucky. Sometimes there is that many sharks. And it's right before they fuck you up. There's only like 57 sharks. (laughs) There's only like, I think there's only 57 shark bites a year, like unprovoked. I mean, lions kill more people every year what? than sharks. So lions How kill many per boat. How many per boat? How many do moose kill? I don't know how many moose kill, but I mean, that's pretty negative stuff to be talking about. But but I, I was swimming with the dolphins in, uh, where was that? Was it Hawaii? I think it was Hawaii. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty epic. They didn't really want to come yeah. too close to me though. You know, some people get to like grab onto them and get towed around. They, that was, it was hard, but I definitely went down and went, went swam with them for a bit. I never worried about wild. It. Was it yeah, in the wild? Uh, yeah, it was in the wild. Yep. Yep. It's a little Island off Maui. You might, you might know where it is, Toby. I think it's uh, a little weird, a little island I, off of Maui. Did it have a pineapple plantation on it? Say, probably say it again. Say it again. Lanai or Molokai? The bo- Lanai, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Used to Isn't that the one that just burned down? No, no that's Lanai. That's intense. Yeah. Were you were you around? Place. Were you around uh, Hawaii when that happened at all? Or? No, but I had flown over Maui a few weeks before, maybe a couple months before, and remember thinking that looks like 
California dry season before it bursts into flames. And then there's so much chicanery and shenanigans around all that. But, but again, it's like my blood boils when I look at that and get frustrated at all the crookedness that went into that. But then I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, pull back, breathe, stop. Are you supposed to be angry about that? Are you supposed to be creating the new? And I have to come back to that every day, every day. Because my blood can boil. So you go from, so you actually, you you intentionally tell yourself, create the new? Create the new. And even though if you don't know what that looks like that day or whatever. So what, how does that, how does that mechanically manifest into like what you're doing that day or what you're doing that week? And maybe not you personally, but for somebody else, like. Well, I think part of it is once you know your path, what you're here for. Like I see both of you guys, you know what you're here for. You're doing it. You know, it'll evolve and change over time. But you know what you're, ah, you know what you're doing. No, don't even doubt it. Like I'm putting out content. I'm awakening people. I'm helping people expand their thinking. Think of new thoughts and ideas, new things they can try. It's powerful, very powerful. So you're, you're on your path. You're already doing it. You, for you, it would be a matter of, oh, I'm so frustrated and angry about that thing the WEF is doing or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I will pull my anger back and I'm going to go create the best damn content I've ever made today. I'm going to go interview the shit out of someone, not literally. That's where it goes. Put that energy into creating the new. You know, some people have that gift to go build communities and build like, Adobe sustainable homes and earth ships and all that. Awesome. I don't have those skill sets. I wish I did. So I'm not going to go necessarily build ground up a permaculture farm myself. Maybe I'll help someone someday, but I got to focus it where I'm meant to focus it on what my gifts, my talents are, my passions are. And that's what I see you both doing already. You just got to give yourself some credit for it. So when you say to yourself, create new, then what, what does that look like for you then? You'll focus on your, on your purpose. It's a, yeah. Focusing on my purpose. Like I make a good mirror for people. I work with people one-on-one and in groups and I help them kind of go within, like let me hold up this mirror, look in it, see what's deep inside of there. You know, that's what I do. That's where my focus is meant to be. Now the ego comes up and goes, that doesn't make any difference. You know, that that's not making an impact on the world, but here's the thing. If we could see energy, and I know a few people, you, I'm sure you've met people that say they see energy. I don't with my physical eyes, but if we could see into the energy realms beyond the visible light spectrum, we would understand that when we do that one kind act or we share our gift with one person, it's rippling out so much more powerfully than we give ourselves credit for. We just, you know, we still have ego. We're going to have ego till we die. And it's always going to be going, yeah, but you're not doing enough. Oh, what you're doing is stupid. You know, whatever it says to you, whatever your thing is, it's going to bring that up all the time. But I do think we can get better at not feeding the ego, not giving it the chance to control our thoughts and behavior and emotions. Yeah, I like that. So how do I think one of the most important things that we got to talk about too today is, is purpose and meaning and especially for younger people, younger people nowadays, like especially with how we've been brought up in the school system, sort of more of a non-spiritual kind of atheistic, non-meaning universe. And then with, with all the other problems that we, you know, that are going on in the world, the economy and all this stuff, 
not only do they not have meaning, but the means to do what they, you know, what they would, what maybe we would manifest 20 or 30 years ago for ourselves. You know, we just kind of worked like we just, when I graduated, I just sort of went into jobs and then I was fortunate enough to be able to travel for a while and then go back just, I, just to start working. You know, I was able to get jobs whenever I kind of wanted to. I've always been able to just get work, but you know, how do we, how do we get young people to find purpose and meaning? Well, it's interesting because I don't have kids, but I watch people who have kids. They're coming in really smart and tuned in. But then we got this system that's like sucking the life out of them, you know, and it's I'm parents more power to you. You have a harder job than ever before to prevent this crazy world and these broken systems from sucking the life force out of your kids. But I think it's part of it is too. We're in this weird time where the old systems really are crumbling and they have to crumble. Like I wouldn't want my kid to go work some meaningless corporate job for 40 years, just so that maybe they can live to retirement and be miserable on 42 pharmaceutical products. You know, that's not a life. I know it looks shitty now, but these kids now, as weird as it is, as confused as they are, they're going to emerge from this and they're going to come out stronger than we did. You know, I don't know, five years, 10 years, two years, one year. I don't know. I don't know the timeline. I don't have a crystal ball that tells me that, but I guarantee this is a pivotal time. Now there've been other pivotal times in earth's history. We're not the only ones to live in a really, really important pivotal time. But Darren, you're here at this time for a lot of powerful purpose. Graham, you're here at this time for powerful purpose. And if you could see the energy of that, I don't know, may your soul give you a dream so that you see these waves rippling out from you. That would be amazing. But if you could see the ripple effect of what you do in the energy realms, you'd be amazed. You wouldn't buy into what the ego says. And I think these kids are figuring that out slowly. And I have to say, I've had some younger clients lately in their 20s. Man, they're not buying into all the woke stuff. I've even had three clients in Manhattan, like New York City lately. They're not buying the woke shit, which is kind of amazing. It gave me a whole lot of hope because I kind of was thinking, oh, man, it's all shit. How they old? Buy it. Mid-20s. Um, so post-college. Oh, well, that's and- even more interesting because my kids are all young, like, and none of them buy into it either. I mean, they're oh, really? Like- they like calling stuff gay like we did when we were kids. You know, it's like, you know, it's a little homophobic. I couldn't be prouder. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. You know, but not really. They're not, they don't hate anyone. Of course but, not. You know, it's just, it's like, it's, I can just see it. And my kids were, are obviously going to be, going to be rebellious rebellious yeah but uh it's all their friends too you know it's not and i'm sure we don't see all the kids but like their entire sort of friend group seems to be rejecting it and i've got like one of my kids homework assignments my older one is in junior high was like i had to present arguments against climate change it's like what are the top three arguments for climate change now like find out why those are bullshit and it's like or one science teacher is like man made climate change is bullshit and uh, i mean her my so my oldest and now my my youngest will go next year and have but both had the grade six teacher was like turned out to be a listener of the show i emailed him one day and he's just like oh my god you're the american guy oh 
I mean, out in this little town where I'm at, I really, I couldn't be happier with the, the way things are going for their education. When you, you see that handout come home after all the stuff I'm seeing on the internet and stuff like that, it's like, maybe there is hope, at least in Alberta. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'd always wonder, how do you guys handle Canada? Like, I mean, Cal- California was about to kill me. But I have to tell you, then that little voice inside was always like, Toby, you need to be there now. Your energy is rippling out in this place. Be there for this time, not forever. For this time, you're fine. You can do it. And I keep getting that. Like, I don't have the green light to leave California yet from my own my own soul. It's like, nope, stay, stay, stay. But then I hear about what's going on up there. And I'm like, oh, man, that's way worse. <laughs> but then again... I think there's something to that. Maybe you guys are holding a frequency that you're not even aware of that literally geographically is rippling out. Now, I know that sounds really woo-woo, but I tell you, I learned this. I have this amazing friend from college. She has cerebral palsy. She's very independent, but you know, she definitely has some mobility issues. But I've known her since our first week of college, freshman year, 18 years old. Amazing, strong woman. She how do I put it? She's not someone who does a lot. Like I'm going to go make a lot of money. I'm going to go achieve and accomplish all these measurable goals. Um, long story short, she inherited a little bit of money so she can live comfortably, but she's just frequency. She's this frequency of light and love. And I tell you, going to visit her and just watching how she lives was like, holy shit, we're not human doings. We're human beings. Like, it's not about what I do or how much I do. It's about who I am while I'm doing it. We're not doing it, just being. Like, can we let our egos go enough to go, even if I'm just sitting here, you know, scratching my ass, maybe I'm rippling out powerful frequencies that are helping the planet. Can our egos handle that? Some days. Yeah. <laughs> Some days, No. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I just, I, I don't think, I mean, even though I bitch about Canada all the time, it's it's really such a subtle thing that it's actually, it's, it's going to be a while before it gets really bad, right? Because in a lot of ways, it doesn't really affect us. I mean, a lot of stuff's taken care of. We're kind of a nanny state where, you know, where it's, I know there's way more homelessness now and drug addiction and stuff is not any better. I know that all that, but in other words, other than that, there's, you know, the chronic, I mean, I don't want to get into naming all the negative things, but it's, it's, um, it kind of enables us to sort of just function at this level, even though things are getting more expensive and all that, like there's nothing really, it's, it's, it's different. It's different than it's this. Like the train's not broken enough to come off the rails, you know, yeah. it's like leaning down the tracks. We don't know where it's going to stop. But, and it's stressing uh, people out slowly, slowly because they can't afford to, they they can hardly afford to live, right? And then people can't, young people, like, I don't know how people getting like a minimum wage job even can afford shit. You know, it's, yeah. But it's, uh, if I was a young person, I'd look at it like this. The competition has never been fucking weaker. Never been weaker. It's never been easier to stand out. And I mean, if you do happen to be Canadian, get your ass to Alberta, Saskatchewan, because Canada might be a, a shithole, but in a lot of ways, Alberta and Saskatchewan are on the cusp of being, you know, maybe some of the free, freer places. You size the gun stuff, and we're still stuck under some Canada stuff, but we're going toe-to-toe with the federal government on all the right things. So it's like, you know, the best you could sort of hope for. 
If yeah. we, Alberta ended up separating, I mean, then I don't know that there'd be some place I'd rather be. If I was going to go any place, I'd just head south a couple hours. Absolutely. Hawaii no, sounds great. Exactly. Oh, it, it does was sound great. Terrible during COVID. Like I, this is my sole home. I wouldn't come here while there were any restrictions at all. I was like, I can't, I can't have my sole home ruined by craziness. So I just waited till all the silliness was done before I came back here. But again, like we have emotions, we're humans. So we're going to have those emotions. We're going to get worked up about stuff. And then if we're on that soul journey, we go, okay, all right. What good am I doing by being pissed off? And then we go in and listen to that voice within. It's like, all right, here's what you got to do. Go be kind to your neighbor today. Go make the biggest podcast episode you've ever made today that reaches 10 million people. And then tomorrow it's like, Go take out the garbage. Yeah, but I want to go do that. Pop. Go take out the garbage. You know, like it's it's not about how big or measurable any of that. Who are you when you're doing it? Yeah, who I'm doing it. That's what it's about. Ego hates that. Ego wants to measure. It wants to measure. It wants you know a dollar amount to attach to it. But it's not about that. Not at all. I think in the decades ago we used to i think we used to sort of call that like being a people person you know like being just helping people out being uh being easy to get along with you know like that was the way to get ahead in, in jobs and in things it's just you gotta be easy going get along with it you know that was almost being like that's almost what you're saying is who you are when you're doing it right having the good having the right attitude and kind of being a go-getter like i like that interesting seems to yeah. be it seems to be kind of disappearing in a lot of ways. You know, people are more victims these days. It seems. Well, labels. People attach to labels. Uh, labels are ego related. I'm a vice president. I'm a Republican. I'm a Labor Party. I, whatever. All that's bullshit. That is another huge download that just keeps coming back to me from higher consciousness. Like, stop attaching to labels. Stop identifying as. You know, I'm this gender, I'm this sexuality, I'm this or that. Stop, stop. That's not who you are. That's not what you are. Maybe it's a thing you like or a thing you do. Great, but it's not who you are. Stop identifying as that. I do think that's a big challenge for what younger generations are being programmed into. The good news is a lot of times kids want to rebel. So all this bullshit being pushed on them, (laughs) maybe it's reverse psychology. They're going to go. Fuck this. I don't want that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of because it's the system and the whole structure that's that's acting like there's some kind of counterculture, but that that's not. It's they're the one main ones pushing it. So the rebellion would be not to be like that, it would be not to identify. That's, well, that's the interesting thing. Or the crazy old adults that there's yeah. that the rest yeah. of the parents are like they'll stay away from them kooks. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I got to tell you, the biggest one is the labels. You know, this polarization is based on people identifying with their labels. Now, I'll just say, I hate this label. I'm going to use it to give you a a way to understand more about me. I am attracted to men. Do I use the gay label? Fuck no, because that has all kinds of baggage and connotation with it. But I look at people who are so obsessed with their sexuality and their gender identity that they do not know who they are at all and it makes me 
makes me cringe. It makes me mad. It makes me sad. But then I'm like, wake up. That's not who you are. That's not what you are. Stop getting stuck in labels and pronouns and all that shit because that's not who and what you are. It's an aspect of your human experience, but it's not who you are. I am a soul being. I am pure consciousness temporarily in a body with emotions and a mind and an ego, but it doesn't define me. None of that stuff is me. It's not me. And we need to stop taking ourselves so seriously because that's the other thing. When you're a victim, you get butt hurt, offended really easily. You need to stop doing that. Enough. Yeah. Laugh at yourself. Don't you guys miss the funny movies of like 15 or 20 years ago when movies could actually be funny? Like they can't oh, make no. those movies anymore. You know, they're afraid of offending someone. I've missed that stuff. Well, that's the shit. I feel like there was a little more love when we just poked for a little fun like that. You know what I mean? It was like we, we were joking around with each other and it was like, but there was no fucking hate. There was, it's, I don't know. There was at least. Where I grew up, we there were trying not to hate. We were trying because we and none of those people grew up into be hateful people either. You know what I mean? Like none of those people that grew up calling each other fags, and I mean no offense by that, Toby. But none, none of those people grew up to be fucking assholes. You know I what I mean? They, if anything, they grew up to be less racist and less all of that than the than like. Well, I mean, you said some of the twenty year olds now, but that woke stuff is the opposite of what it says it is. Totally, it's. It is racism. It is. But, you know, I grew up in small town Texas, which some people would say is very backwards. But I got to tell you, there's so much more racial harmony and just people harmony overall there. Now, where there's some backwards things, you better bet. Like, if you were gay, forget it. You're going to get picked on hardcore. But as far as race, people were not. I'm sure there were some old folks there that were racist. But growing up there and going to high school there, no one in my high school, felt racist to me. No one. And how old are you? Uh, 27, 44, 44. 44, okay. So same, like right around my age then, yeah. Yep. You could be 27. You had me. I thought, you, you might not be 30 yet. <laughs> no. uh, how old are you, Darren? You're 43, right? 43, Darren? 42, baby. Wait. 42, 42, yeah. Is it, uh, I was born in 81. Yeah. Okay. So I might be 43. No, I'm 42 for a little while. Yeah. 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 When I moved to California in 2005, it was very noticeable to me that there felt like there was more racism and racial tension, even though it, you know, proclaims to be more open minded. I was like, wow, people yeah, like weird, yeah. more back at home. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> you know? Well, it's kind of like, you know, what are you and your buddies doing all the time? You know what I mean? Most when you get a couple buddies together, I don't know about the D&D guys. They might be doing something different. But usually you get a couple buddies together and you start busting each other's balls a little bit. You know Absolutely. what I mean? A little bit. Teasing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that's just, it's like part of the thing. You know what I mean? That just sort of builds bigger bonds, I think. Yeah. If we're not brutal to each other, you don't feel loved. You know, like there's a little bit in the the brutal word banter that, you know, you feel loved, you feel accepted, you feel welcomed in. But I think the backlash will bring the pendulum back to more common sense with all of that. We need that very much. Definitely. Let's talk about it. Super frustrating to you to see, I mean, what's happened on that side of things over the last decade. Yeah. 
because it seems to me it seems to me is just like lost ground like it used to just be like we are who we are and that's it and everyone's great and everyone's perfect doesn't matter who you love or what you do in the bedroom everyone's fine just the way they are and now it's like are you like dudes but we gotta cut your dick off and then we're you know or if you like you like you know you're you think you're a dude we're gonna cut your tits off and give you an arm deck i mean what the fuck yeah. This is going to get in trouble on YouTube, but I mean, it's interesting because we don't talk to a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, that identify that way. So it's interesting just here because the one guy we did talk to was like, "It's fucking crazy. It feels like I've gone back to like 1980." Yeah. No, I'm so grateful I didn't grow up in this time with parents who wanted to go along with that shit. Because really and truthfully, that whole thing, I'm just going to say it. It's about coming to accept your own inner yin and yang, masculine, feminine energy and your own unique balance of that. And it's not about anything external. And that is criminal to put that into a child's mind who's vulnerable. You know, children just need to go, ah, I'm pretty awesome inside. Yeah, I guess the outside's pretty cool too. But you got to help them love and embrace that inside first. You know, and that is just, everyone's got yin and yang energy, male and female. We've all got our own unique blend or ratio or balance of that, you know, and I think helping kids to love and embrace that internally and find their own natural balance point with that. That's what's missing from this whole woke approach to it. And that infuriates me. I get really mad at the medicalization of everything and the harm that comes to people from that. But again, do I go rage against it, which I do some days? Do I go jump on a Twitter thread and ah, or do I go breathe, let it go, refocus on what I'm here to do? And that's what I have to do. But I tell you what was really fascinating to me. I guess I kind of got to where I thought of myself. Oh, I guess I'm left wing or I don't know if I ever said I was a Democrat, but left wing. And then the last few years happened and I was like, holy shit. I have so much more in common with my very Republican family members. Yeah, it turns out I'm a, I got I mean I got called a Nazi so many times over the last three years. It's crazy just because I wanted people to leave their house and make their own medical decisions. Yep, yep. I got called something I won't say so you don't get censored yesterday on Instagram because um I got uh into one of those threats that I hardly ever do it, but I did it this one time and I got called a anti something. I won't say, cause I don't want you censored, but anyway, um, <laughs> it was my reminder. Don't put your energy into it for me personally. I'm not saying there aren't people who shouldn't be warriors because I've seen the warrior archetype. There are people on this planet that are here to rage against the machine and be warriors. That's not my archetype. If I go down that road, I get depleted. I get worn out i'm not here doing what i need to do yeah interesting i I deleted one of my comments today <clears throat> i hadn't posted it yet i wrote it out and i'm like i don't want to get into this like and i just thought phew, i just took it away i'm like i don't want to start playing this game because it's so easy just on x to just go like oh, what yeah, it's throwing it at you talking about i mean X has figured out your political leanings, and it's like, we need Graham for a couple more minutes today. What about this? What about that? What about a little bit of this? You know, how about some 
How about some trans stuff? Or how about some climate change? Or how? What do you what probably do we Canadian need? Po- it's probably Canadian politicians just like just spewing. You got to really watch that little box up in the top corner because it'll constantly like revert back to. I think it, there's one that's just your followers, and then one's one's for you, and the for you one is fucking with you all the time. It's trying to get you to engage with the with whatever we're calling Twitter or X these days. I don't but use it. Why you type in that comment? It's like it, it, the algo knows you did that. And it's like, I don't, oh, fuck, we almost I don't, had him. <laughs> I, don't use the, I don't use the other one. I only use the for you. I don't use following one. It's the AI energy vampire. It's like, oh, look at all these people. We can suck their life force away with this shit by getting them angry and worked up. And yeah. I, I mean, it had been like eight months since I'd fallen into it until I made a comment that got me sucked in. But Pulled back out. I'm not going back into it. I'm good now. I don't need to go down that rabbit hole for a while. I just mute all replies so I can just like swoop in and drop <laughs> my like little comment and move on in the world. And if I never want to know what happened, I never have to know. Unless if I do want, I have just like a box in the corner that I actually have to go open up. But I just, I prefer not to. I'll just swing by, say some shit. You know, usually against politicians, I just can't help myself with these fuckers. I just can't. And everything I found in the Canadian Charter of Rights says I have the right to say whatever the fuck I want to my elected officials, as long as it's not hate speech, I guess, which I haven't done. So uh, I'm going to write a letter to Twitter and try and get this account back yet, because I thought I did break the law in Canada, but after deep diving into our free speech laws, I don't think I did. I think everything I did was A-OK. Which was thanks to a listener. I forget who it was, Graham. Hmm. Oh, it was the show you went on. But they've defined hate speech. uh, So they've. Oh, no, no, they haven't really. I mean, we'll get into that on the next round because it's it's pretty vague. But I mean, but nothing I did is could be construed as hate speech. Maybe abuse. Everything is hate speech these days, according to them. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't that's true. That it's pretty ill-defined. It's pretty really? ill-defined, probably by design. Absolutely, absolutely. I did want to share a little bit more about the ancestral stuff with you because it is so profound. You yeah, know, yeah. I didn't grow up in a family that really talked about the ancestors like we could feel them and talk to them. You know, here in Hawaii, people who are more connected to their native ways are very much understand the importance of the ancestors, feel that connection with them. I met this woman here. She was older. She's a spiritual teacher. And she would talk to her deceased mother like she was in the room with her all the time. And it didn't seem like she was crazy. It seemed kind of awesome because she was that connected. I think you look at like some Asian cultures, they'll have like a little temple or altar with pictures of their family members, burn incense, burn candles to honor them. You know, I think that stuff is powerful. And I think we kind of got a little cheated in the West because we haven't valued that connection. And that ancestral connection is so powerful. Uh, I grew up in the church. There's a scripture where I believe it was Paul, the Apostle Paul, I think, said, We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Therefore, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run the race marked out for us with perseverance. And when that great cloud of witnesses he mentions, to me, he's talking about all the ancestors and spirits watching you like, come on, you can do this, you can do this. Now, let's say you're a kid in high school running track and field. 
your family member can't come out of the stands and run the race for you. But guess what? They can cook you a really good meal the night before so you're carved up. They can buy you the best running shoes so you're ready to go. They can take you to practices and help you prepare for that race. I feel like that's kind of how our ancestors are. They're up in the stands watching us, cheering us on, doing things behind the scenes to help us live our best life. And let me tell you, we need that more than ever right now because the world is kind of a shit show. So it can get better. And that's part of it too with the discernment. I feel like our ancestors can help us discern, is this thing over here that sounds crazy in alignment or not? You know, I think if we get into judgment, good, bad, good, evil, whatever, maybe we get a little distracted. Maybe the better question is, is this thing that politician is saying in alignment with truth for me, yes or no? And feel that answer within. And I can't tell you how many people I've met who say, oh, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. We take a few breaths. I make them close their eyes. We ask a question and they feel the answer. You know, yeah. it's that simple. Not everyone's visual. I'm very visual when I close my eyes. A whole lot of stuff happens up in here. Maybe my pineal gland produces more pinealine than someone else's or DMT or whatever neurotransmitter. But I'm visual, but I know a lot of people that aren't but they can feel it. They can feel the energy if they're less visual. They can feel a word or two. And just, the, man, I had my friend's grandmother died and he had a dream and she came and said goodbye the night she died. His mom calls him the next day. He's like, grandma died, didn't she? He's, she's like, how'd you know that? And then he's driving to the funeral and the smell of her house is in his truck. How did that happen? You know, I had a client her grandmother died. The smell of her grandmother's house came to her house 2,000 miles away. How did that happen? You know, like, I mean, it's pretty cool. They're here to help us. They're here to go, all right, I can't go live it for you. I can't go fight the battles for you, but I sure can do things behind the scenes. I can open doors for you. I can bring resources your way. I can fill you with courage and confidence and motivation. And sometimes they're like, get your ass in there and do it. Stop being a victim, you know, do it. Um, grandmother tree today. I went to see grandmother or grandfather. My friend was like, which one do you want to talk to grandma or grandpa? I said, I'm going to go talk to grandma, grandmother. She's tough love. She's like, why are you playing that small game? Like you're, you're not good enough or, you know, why are you playing small? Stop it. Knock it off. Get your ass in there. You deserve good things. Stop playing like you don't. You deserve good things. Go get good things. They're waiting for you. Just stop playing small and being a victim. And I needed that, you know, love it. Awesome. That sounds great. Before we let you go, can you mention uh, any other supernatural experiences that you had when you were young or that, uh, that maybe helped you awaken? And, you know, I, I do love that sort of premise of, uh, you know, when things happen like that, sometimes you can just ignore it or you can put it on the back burner, but sometimes it's just enough to kind of push you towards a new, uh, new reality. Absolutely. I want to tell you the scary story because it's pretty powerful. So here on this island many years ago, I had a friend and she was from another country and we did, we did some work together and I kept feeling like her ancestral energy. I wasn't sure what was there, but I kept feeling it. And I said, Hey, let's do a meditation together. And we go sit down in this quiet place and we do a meditation. And I see what looks like a ventriloquist dummy and a little <laughs> bit like Chucky. You know, remember Chucky from yeah, Child's oh, yeah. 
Chucky, ventriloquist dummy. It was the, I know that sounds so dumb, but let me tell you, if you saw this thing in your third eye, you would have freaked the fuck out. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was mocking energy. It was just this mocking, you know, kind of like Chucky mocks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was that energy, but it was a ventriloquist dummy seated in a chair. And I just said to her, I said, I don't know what this is. I've never seen anything like this before. I've never felt this scared in my life. This is weird. And she's like, I know exactly what it is. I said, well, tell me, because I don't know what it is and I don't like it. She's like, it's the mocking spirit that follows me around. And it says to me, I'm going to get you just like I got your mom and your sister. Well, she was about 36 at the time. And her mom and sister had both committed suicide. It was either age 37 or 38. Both of them. Her mom killed herself when she was like 38. Her sister did the same thing when she was that age. And the spirit is like taunting her, following her around saying, I'm going to get you just like I got them. And she legit had a fear of this. So long story short, we tuned in, we meditated, we prayed. It turns out it was tied to a family curse. And I don't want to be paranoid like a curse is going to destroy you. But there was something many generations back her ancestors had done to the people of the land who were native to that And I since it was a male ancestor did something sexual to a female that was native to that area. And it was ugly and they put a curse on the family and it resulted in horrendous mental illness for many generations. So she is now in her mid forties and very much alive. I'm happy to say. And basically the message was you got to go work with a native healer shaman type that can understand the energy and kind of give you a little guidance. And as far as I know, she did because things are pretty good now, but we got to heal that old ancestral stuff, heal it. Like I had to heal some big family stuff in order to move forward. But when I did, I can't tell you, I mean, I was mad. I didn't talk to my parents for five years. I am so grateful for them. We don't think the same. I'm not telling them I'm on this podcast. They wouldn't understand it. They'd probably judge it, (laughs) whatever. I love them. I accept them as they are now because my ancestors were like, you need to deal with this and forgive. You need to be, move forward. You need to stop being petty. And I think not only can they do that, but they can help us find purpose. They can help us. We're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. They can help us go within and find it. Very, very powerful. And we find them and access them through our, through our within ourselves. That's fascinating. It kind of reminds me of some of the past life work that people have done when it, when it, when it's really like sometimes just the acknowledgement of that, even just the learning about it, the acknowledgement is enough to start the healing or even do the healing process. You know, you don't even have to do a lot of work afterwards. It's just that you've acknowledged, hey, this happened to me in a past life. That's why I have this fear now, or that's why I'm sick now, or whatever. And that's enough. But do you have any advice for people that have sort of spiritual encounters or or um? Uh, I don't want to get too descriptive in this, but um, that have in- encounters that they don't like, they don't want. Like, what would you, what would you suggest uh, for people to how to how to get rid of that? Yeah, I do know someone who's a medium, but resisted it for many years. So he would get like sensations or feelings of positive entities and energies and negative ones both. Um, I've known a few mediums, the negatives scare them so much. They don't want to look at it, but really it's a matter of going, what do you want? What are you here for? And just 
if you feel comfortable doing that. If you don't, you work with your own ancestral spirit, you know, and say, I don't want to talk to that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And you help me understand what that thing is, what it wants. Sometimes negative stuff shows up because there's shit we need to deal with that we're avoiding. A lot of times negative entities show up because there's shit we need to deal with that we're avoiding. And it's sometimes it's a matter of that. Sometimes it's just, oh, you know, I'm a sensitive being, so they're attracted to my light or something. And you just have to put up shields and boundaries. You know, I do a grounding and shielding practice every day, not because I'm paranoid the spirits are going to get me. It's kind of like, you know, you live in Alberta, it's December, or you live in Saskatchewan, right? It's December. You're not going outside without a coat on because you don't want to freeze to death, not because you're afraid of the cold. You know, I just kind of shield myself in light every day. And then it helps me not absorb all the stuff that's going on. Really helpful. All right. I like that. I like that ancestor take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not sure about your lineage and all that, you could still just, just, just ask in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't felt way back generations in my own family. I, I'd love to know more, but it's only been my grandparents, primarily my mom's parents, that have been showing right. up a lot for me. And yeah. maybe they're, maybe that's their purpose on the other side, partly to be spirit guide for me or something. I'm not sure. They're yeah. just the ones that show up the most frequently. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been a great chat. Thanks for uh, joining us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Graham, anytime. And if you want your own, you just let me know. We'll, we'll do a one-on-one. Yeah, Same yeah, for sure. Anytime. Yeah. And if we end up on the big, you know, if we end up on Hawaii at all, we'll definitely let you know in case our, our paths are going to cross. Yeah. I will tell you some great places to hold an event. Really amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. So tell, tell people how you can, uh, or how did you all, how did you name your, uh, your uh, your website as well. I'd like to ask you that before we, uh, before we yeah. go. Interestingly enough, in 2014, I went on a yoga retreat in Bali. Bali is cool, but a little overdeveloped, a little overhyped. But I had a very powerful experience there with getting clear guidance. You're not supposed to be working nonprofit the rest of your life, which is what I had been doing. And I kind of hated it. I got this clear guidance. You're supposed to be a soul coach. You're supposed to do more wow. one-on-one work, deep soul work with people, maybe some group work as well, but you're not supposed to be sitting in an office all day. Wow. And I was thrilled. I got my first two clients on that trip in Bali. One was a woman on the retreat with me. And the other one was a guy from the Netherlands sitting on the plane out of Bali next to me. You know, I mean, I got two clients right away. It hasn't always been that easy, but it was very clear. I get home from the airport, you know, 30 hours of flying, sit down. I go to sit on my bedroom floor to meditate. What do I call this thing? My ass isn't on the floor yet. And I hear the word Shekinah. It's actually a word. And if you say it in Hebrew, pardon my pronunciation, but it's something along the lines of Shekinah, which is like the divine presence with us. Some would say like more mystical aspects of Judaism would say it's like the divine feminine presence. So like the nurturing the care, the let me hold space for you kind of energy. And it was just clear, this is the name you're supposed to use. So I call my website Sheck Holistic, S-H-E-K Holistic.com because it's a little easier to spell. 
that way, but it was very clear. And I didn't know what that meant. I, I, I didn't know. Wow. Look it up. Had to look it up. The very first thing that popped up when I Googled it was a drag queen named Shakina. And I was I don't think that's my purpose or my calling yeah. in this life. So I was like, I had to scroll a bit. And then well, it's, a Kabbalist, it's a Kabbalistic word, isn't it, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in Kabbalah, it's always, a little more that divine feminine presence. I always like pronounce Kabbalah. it wrong. I always, I always pronounce it like Shekinah instead of Shekina. I don't even know how to pronounce it right, but I think I have heard. Well, I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah in Hebrew, it's shechina. Like, I can't yeah. even do it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. But it was very clear, very powerful. Yeah. So that's uh, Shek Sheka S H E K Holistic dot com. That's it. Absolutely. Is there any other ways you want people to get a hold of you? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm Sheck Holistic, S-H-E-K-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Facebook, I'm just Toby Gant. And then your listeners can get a 25 25% discount if they want to do any one-on-one work. It's uh, Grimerica25 is the coupon code at checkout. All right. Awesome. Yeah, this has been amazing. I've loved listening yeah. to you guys for many years now. Yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for... Uh coming well, on no you've played a role in my awakening too because you've helped me think about things in different ways you know open my eyes and ears to well maybe that you've really brought about a shift and i don't want you to sell yourself short on that because it's been very profound for me and especially during the dark ages of covid getting so frustrated you know you guys talking even if you were talking about what was broken it brought hope it brought hope to me in that very dark time that felt very hopeless. So thank you. No problem. Thank you. That's amazing to hear. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, peace, blessings, joy, and abundance to you, brother. All right. You too, buddy. Take care. Okay. Bye. Yeah. All right. Darren is not here trying to figure out how to end this. That was our chat with Toby. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, you can check out all his information in the show notes. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you na- next week. Darren usually does the spiel. So, of course, uh, you know, you can support the show at gramerica.ca. Find all the links to Contact at the Cabin and Adult Brain Audiobooks as well. And uh, you can hit the support button there, too. And thanks for uh, watching and listening. And we will see you next week. You fussy.
on a wrong turn down the road. Well, just one kiss.
Please. 